a little purgatory for our little melon man. <laughs> melon man purgatory with no melons. And just and small world. Every day. That would, you know, his own personal hell. He actually has to take <gasps> care of himself. <laughs> he actually has to eat carrots. That is a big mug. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like the size of your face. <laughs> no, it's not. This is a bigger mug. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> she said, if you saw my other mug, you would not think this mug is big. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome back. To another exciting discussion of murder. <laughs> <laughs> murder and mystery. Where were we last week? Ar- Arkansas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to California. Oh, we are making our way. Making our way downtown. Walking fast. Faces <laughs> fast. And I'm homebound. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I wasn't going to cover this case because it's so... How's my cat? Because it's so large and... <laughs> So many people have done it, but I feel like you just have to. It'll be fun. Do the nice, good old Richie Ramirez. Who's that? You're blank. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've heard of that one yet. What? Unless did I just not- don't know him by name. Did you not watch The Night Stalker on Netflix? I did not. It's a lot. No. Yeah. Like a lot. Okay. It's okay. like a lot. Okay. Not for me because I'm weird and I can watch those things by myself. <laughs> no, literally, I can watch like any horror movie by myself. It does not bother me. I love that for you. So we're just going to jump right in. Grab he your snack. Musty, dusty, and crusty. <laughs> oh, just you wait until just you wait. This <sighs> man is the crustiest man. He is from the Krusty Krab. Oh but no. like he's in, but like he's the grease on like SpongeBob's skillet. Oh. <laughs> he's the crusties of the Krusty Krab. He is. Crusties. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Me and Shannon are not well. (laughs) So buckle up, kiddos, because safety first always. Safety first. Make sure your airbags are turned on. Because we will be slamming the brakes a lot. Yeah. If you've ever ever driven in a car with me. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so bad. Okay, so Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. The Night Stalker. Killing 14 people between 1984 and 1985. Wow. That's, oh my God. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot for a year. Like, just going for it. So Richard Ramirez was born on February 29th, 1960. He was the youngest of five children in El Paso, Texas. So growing up, uh, there are two known head injuries. 
we're noticing a theme. <laughs> Which we all see this very commonly with killers, serial killers. But I was, I literally ran into piano leg as a child. <laughs> like I sprinted headfirst into a piano leg. And I, so far, I'm fine. Kind Shannon of. has not killed anyone yet. <laughs> I have not killed anyone yet. But I did full on sprint into a piano leg. Like, like not like a little like, electronic piano like a hard wooden actual piano <laughs> <laughs> just ran headfirst into it anyway so um the first one happened whenever he was two um i guess he was just like trolling around on the ground and a dresser fell on him what <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it's were they <laughs> i don't know what his parents were doing but like this dresser i guess like because I guess like toddlers, you know how they like, yeah, know what they're doing. So they're just like messing around. Like maybe he was pulling on it. But I mean, what two year old has that kind of strength to just like look a serial killer? I guess <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> he was already getting those those reps in. Yeah, He's literally. The... He said, "I got a prep." <laughs> <laughs> and then so then he had to get thirty stitches to his head. Oh my face. god! Yeah, no, it fell on him. Like right on him. <laughs> right to the face. Uh, and then whenever he was five, he was hit in the head with a swing. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's not, it's not funny. No, it's funny. But... <laughs> no, no, no. No, it is funny. For, for, for Because it's him, it is funny. If it was a regular child, I, I would laugh. I mean, honestly, I would still probably laugh, but then I'd feel bad. But no, he was like smacked in the head with a swing. And then after this, uh, he developed epilepsy. So... They don't know oh my if gosh. that's like tied into it or not, but it could yeah. be, I guess. Along with this, his father was known to be aggressive and he would have fits of anger. Uh, yes. And the children would be beaten. Um, so to avoid this, uh, Richard would spend his nights sleeping in the local cemetery. Oh. Which I guess would be kind of peaceful. I mean, you like wouldn't be disturbed. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. <laughs> um, and then he really looked up to his older cousin, Michael, and he really should have picked a better role model because oh, this no. guy just wasn't it. Okay. So um, Michael introduced Richard to marijuana um, at the ripe age of like 10. Oh and my God. they would often smoke together and Michael would tell him stories of his time in the Vietnam War as a green ber- beret. But he wouldn't tell him like normal stories. Like, I don't know what a normal Vietnam story is, but he would tell him how he, um, trigger warning, he would um, like the gruesome de- details of war and how he would torture and rape the Vietnamese women. Oh my God. And he was very sick in the head yeah sick gross human so his cousin michael would take pictures while doing it it's a a no for me like polaroids he would take polaroids yeah um while they were doing various acts on him along with photos of like him decapitating them oh my god and he would like show them to richard and richard was only 12 How old was um, Michael? I'm not sure. I'm guessing probably in his 20s. Okay. So he was just showing him these decapitated women who like 
it's just disgusting. It's just, it's really gross. But, no, it's honestly. So, it's so like disrespectful to those women. Cause like the, the Vietnamese women weren't doing anything wrong. They were just there. No. They couldn't help it. Yeah. They were just there. Yeah. Um, so with this being exposed to him at a, at a young age, he got a very wrong idea of what sex was and right. how to do it and how to ask for consent and make sure it's right. consensual and all that good stuff. And he started having um, these sexual fantasies about violence kind of yeah um and not in like a bdsm way in like right a, like literally killing these people <laughs> yeah um and then it also began to teach him that if you want something you just take it and then michael also taught him about various methods of killing and then he taught him how he would get in and out of places being undetected as a green beret. That was like one yeah. of the things. So uh, just to add a nice little cherry on top of how Michael was a great role model. Um, so one day Richard was hanging out with Michael at his house and uh, he went to the fridge to get a drink and he noticed that Michael had like a 38 caliber gun like on top of the fridge. And um, Richard was like, hey, what's this for? And then Michael said he might have to use it lit later. That is so vague. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Shortly after that, that exchange, uh, Michael's wife came home. He was married, don't know how. Um, and she came home with like a bunch of gro groceries and she like, I guess she like walked in the door and Im immediately just like started like nagging him about like not working, not helping out with the house or like the kids. And Michael got super ignored, super ignored, super annoyed. <laughs> he told her to shut up. He went to the fridge, grabbed his gun and he just, he said, if you don't shut up, I'm going to shoot you. And she was like, oh, okay, well then just do it. You know, like she thought he was like, just really mad. And yeah. he- shot her in the face point blank um and richard saw all of this he was just watching it happen. oh my god and uh after that michael only ended up serving four years holy i don't know like maybe you could just like get a job instead of shooting your wife i don't know or just don't shoot your wife or <laughs> maybe just yeah uh, okay okay and richie was like wow what a man richie was like that's who i want to be when i grow up that's like so sad though he didn't even have a chance like this poor kid literally oh, didn't even have a chance no he had did you hear that yeah okay listen people we're gonna let me just tell this quick little story of how i think my apartment's not haunted <laughs> <laughs> so i have to like sage my house every two days because of all the dark stuff i look look up and the other night i was like sleeping or almost asleep and i heard this humongous crash out in my <laughs> living room and even my cat was like reacting and i was like oh no so i like came out here and like nothing was wrong there was nothing that could have 
made that. Yeah. (laughs) So Richard Ramirez, please don't come for me. (laughs) You had your time. You had your time to shine. Even though you didn't really shine. You definitely... (laughs) Okay, so that whole thing happened with Michael. He moved in with his sister at age 13. Um, and her husband was addicted, uh, was a drug addicted pedophile. Um, oh, so wow. he also introduced mm, all these wow. things to um, R- Richard and then he got his job at the Holiday Inn. So he was already, so his uncle was like a peeping Tom <sighs> or his brother-in-law. Yeah, cause it's his sister. Yeah, brother-in-law it was like a peeping Tom and Richard was like, I wanna do that too. So he got a job at a <sighs> Holiday Inn and with this job, he got the master key and he snuck into this woman's room while she was uh, showering. And he like tried to attack her right as she got out of the shower. But luckily this woman's husband was just out getting some ice. Thank God. And he came back in like at the same time and he like saw this happening and he just beat the shit out of Richard. Oh my God. <laughs> but Richard- He was like 13, right? Yeah, he was Is it- <laughs> in his teen- teenage years. I mean, but Richard still got away with it. And he was, of course, fired. They're like, we can't have someone sneaking into guests. Literally, literally. Oh, my God. He was like, what? Really? Why? I thought this was normal. I thought that's what you do. Oh, gosh. <sighs> okay, so we're going to jump ahead because I this is a long one. And there's just so much. And I'm doing my best over here. So, uh, 1982, Richard was 22 years old. He moved to LA, um, and he was still committing petty crimes such as burglary, car theft, possession of drugs. And he also started to not care about personal hygiene. Oh, wow. And as we can all imagine, I feel like LA is pretty hot most of the year. Yeah. So he's like not showering he's not brushing his teeth he's not combing his hair he's not doing anything he is crusty (laughs) he is the crusties of the crusty crab and um one person who knew him said that his diet consisted of pepsi yogurt junk food okay i can't say i blame him on that one (laughs) anyways I have a healthy microbiome in your gut. Um, anyway, but he like the biggest thing people always say is like how he never brushed his teeth. And we all know how I feel about teeth. Oh no. Like just it takes two minutes of your day to just, just go in there. Go in there with with a with some bristles and just get all that shit off there. And uh so he developed halitosis, which is oh constant bad breath. Oh my gosh. Okay. And he always wore, wore black and had a baseball cap. And he also became a Satanist. <laughs> this man is just really adding things on for fun now. <laughs> which apparently there are like, there are a lot about Satanism. But apparently there's like, there's like two types of Satanism. Like one, one of them has nothing to do with Satan. Okay. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't know what it is, but the other, the other one is like full out, like Satan's my bro, we love which is, Satan. he's not. And I don't, I don't want anything in my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which he's not my bro. 
Jesus is my bro or whoever you guys is your bro. So 1984, we are officially beginning the murders and officially trigger warning. So his first murder, as far as I know, as far as my research led me to believe, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Someone probably knows this case better than I do. And they're like, she's so wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's so dumb. Um, So uh, Ramirez snuck into an elderly woman's home. Um, He stabbed her as she slept. He raped her and then cut her throat. Oh, okay. Wow. March 1985, Maria Maria Hernandez and Dale Okazaki, their roommates, Maria was coming home that night um, and she opened her garage door to, of course, put her car in there. And during, so while the garage door was going up or going down, Richard snuck in and he snuck in holding a 22 caliber pistol. Oh my God. Um, So Maria, just minding her own business, got out of the car and she's holding her keys um, and she heard a noise behind her. So she, of course, turned around and he was there pointing a gun at her face. She raised her hands like towards her face to protect right. her face. And because of her key, the bullet he shot at her deflected. Are you serious? Yeah. Yo. But she still like went down. Right. Um, I, like she was probably just like in shock. I was like, oh my God, someone's no, trying to seriously. shoot me. Or what was I shot? Like, you know what I mean? So she still went yeah. down. And he thought she was dead. So he went into the house. Uh, he saw Dale, but she ducked underneath a counter. Um, but she eventually like peeked up to see if he'd left. And whenever she did that, uh, he shot her in the head. Aww. So Maria was still alive and she like heard the g- gunshot and stuff. So she was entering the front door as Richard was leaving through the front door. Oh my gosh. So they like meet face to face and Richard like points the gun at her. He like doesn't shoot her. Some things I read is like divine intervention. He felt like it was like something like like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like wasn't meant to be. I don't know. I feel like he's just stupid. Um, (laughs) So this whole thing, during this whole thing, um, his ACDC hat had fallen off. Mm Mm-hmm which she always wears. So it was somewhere around there. So at this point we have his ACDC hat. We have um, a wit and a witness. Yeah. So that same night he somehow pulled over a car. I don't know how, but he pulled over a car and then he pulled out a woman named Veronica Yu out of her car. He was just screaming at her saying, shut up, bitch. And then he shot her in the stomach. And oh my gosh. The next day. Yeah. Um, March 27th, 1985, um, he enters the home of Vincent and Maxine Zazara. Um, Vincent was asleep on the couch and his wife was sleeping in the bedroom. Ramirez uh, shoots the sleeping husband. He then goes to the wife's room and she's awake because she heard gunshots. And she knew that her husband kept a shotgun under the bed. So Richard like walks into the bedroom and he's met by a shotgun barrel to the face she goes to pull the trigger and the chamber's empty stop so um and um 
he shoots her three times, uh, grabbed a knife and stabbed her, stabbed, stabbed her, and then also took her eyeballs. Because the shots were not enough. Apparently not. He then left to go back to his hotel room. Um, he dumped his bloody clothes in a garbage bin, like the huge green things. Mm-hmm. And at this time, he was actually staying at the Cecil Hotel. Of course. Because why not? Yeah. Um, so when Richard committed the Zazara murders, he did leave some evidence behind. So he got into the house through a window and he had to climb through some flower beds where he left a perfect shoe print underneath the window he climbed through. Right. Um, and they were an ele- they were an 11 and a half Avia sneaker, which I'd never heard of. I don't, they probably, I don't know if they're discontinued. Probably. They're probably like, oh my God, we can't have this. We can't have this rep. Yeah. Um, so the authority, <laughs> the authorities now have his ACDC hat and, and the sneaker print. Yeah. And um, the same shoe print would also be found at different crime scenes that Richard was involved in. So at this point, the the LAPD is like, okay, we uh, definitely have some sort of serial killer. And uh, they did make a public announcement, like warning people, like, tension residents, please stay in your house and buy guns. <laughs> <laughs> buy guns. They're like, please buy some weapons in case this man comes into your house. Shoot him. So May 14th, 1985, Ramirez enters the home of Lillian and William Doy, I think is how you say it. I'm not sure. So um, he shoots the husband in the face, beats him because he was just still alive. Yeah. And then um, enters Lillian's room and he bound and raped her. But William was still alive. So before, before William dies, he crawls to the phone and he calls the police. Good. Okay. That makes me so sad because it's is. like he, like the fact that he probably knew what was happening to, to, to his wife and he's yeah. like, this is one last thing I can do before I will probably die. Literally. That's so so um, Richard heard the sirens and then booked it out, out of there. He was like, oh, wow. He's like, I can't be here for this. <laughs> June 29th, 1985. Um, I read two names, either Ma Bell or Ma Vale. I don't know why that's I like Ma Bell (laughs) it's fun to say Um, and Florence Lang they were 83 and 81 Richard entered the home and he immediately saw a hammer on the counter which just don't leave things around that could be used as weapons Mm. which could be anything so just live in a styrofoam box um, have no belongings. <laughs> have no belongings. Just live in a little like, like the what are they called the, the things that you pop as a child. A little bubble. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the things that are like in boxes that are that protect like glass. Do you know what I'm talking about? The bubbles. I think so. Yeah. That. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. That's it. <laughs> You looked at me like I was insane when I said little bubbles. <laughs> Just surround yourself in bubble wrap. Um, <laughs> so he bludgeons them both with his hammer. Oh, wow. And they're both alive still, and he tortures and rapes them. 
And then he finds lipstick and he draws a pentagram on the inside of Mabel's thigh and on both bedroom walls. And then he just goes to their kitchen. He has a snack. He rummages, he rummaged, <laughs> rummages around like some little damn little gerbil. Like that's all I picture him is just like, yeah, just like being like a gross Literally. little like crusty little crusty rotted tooth ass <laughs> rat. <laughs> rat. Um, and then he like just leaves. Um, he said, so I'm hungry. He that said, took a I'm lot hungry. out of me. Wow. I hope you got food poisoning after. Literally. Um, now, these two women did survive for a few okay. days. So they were left alone for like three days. Um, and I think they were only found because someone was like, we haven't seen anyone come out of that house. Yeah. But one of them did end up passing away. I'm not 100% sure which which one, but one of them did end up ha- passing away. But they were like, like I read like three days, they were like alone in the house. Just like, oh my gosh. Obviously, they probably couldn't move. They were both yeah. like stabbed and beat up. And they're like in their 80s. They're, yeah. Like, good for them for like, I mean, as long as they powered through it, right? Yeah. Um, so May 30th, 1985, uh, he breaks into the home of Ruth Wilson, where she lived with her son. He, he was young. I don't know exactly what age. I saw a few mm-hmm. different numbers. So Ramirez takes the son and is basically using him as leverage to get jewelry and whatever other valuable objects they have. Okay. And of course the mom is like, yeah, like I'll give you, I'll tell you where it is. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Can I please have my son back? Yeah. So he gets that and then he locks the son in a closet and then he rapes and uh, sodomizes Ruth. Oh my God. He cuts her leg and he binds Ruth and her son together as he leaves. They both do survive. So at this point, I feel like he's just getting kind of messy because he's just leaving people alive. He's, yeah. And he, as far as I know, he didn't wear a mask. Like he was just Out whatever. Here. So uh, June, July, 1985, he kills three more women. All three had their homes invaded. Two had slit throat. The other one was beaten. Um, July 5th, 16-year-old Whitney Bennett was beaten with a tire iron, but she survived. Oh, my God. She would need 478 stitches to her head. So, like, I know a lot of times I used to think that, like, getting stitched was just, like, they stitch up, like, just the opening. But a lot of times they they have to go in to, like, the muscles and stuff. And they have to stitch the muscles together and stuff. So, it's not like she had, like, 478 stitches like just right on her yeah. face it was like different but still I mean, but like she survived like good for for, for, for her oh like, my god damn. uh july 7th uh that same year 63 year old linda fortuna was attacked um and ramirez did try to rape, rape her but he was having issues performing oh my god oh darn <laughs> the poor baby for you <laughs> She should have just like, like yanked it off. Yanked it off. <laughs> so he like, I get, I don't know. I guess he was embarrassed or something. So he just left, and she survived. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Typical man. Um, oh my god! Gross. 
<laughs> so July 20th, um, 1985, he committed two crimes in one day. He did, uh, in Sun Valley, California, he shot and killed 32-year-old uh, Chitat Asawaham and his wife, Sakima, who was 29. He stole things from their home and left. Um, so she did not die. Um, okay. But that same day, he shot and killed a couple and mutilated their corpses. Oh, my God. So August Violent. 6th, 1985, he's like disgustingly disgusting. Literally. And I hate him. August 6th, 1985, Ramirez breaks into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson, along with their five-year-old daughter. Um, he went into the adult's room where, where they were sleeping, and Virginia woke up and immediately was like, what do you want? Like, who are you? Like, get the, what the, like, Literally. Um, Ramirez replied, shut up, bitch, and shot her. He then shoots Chris in the temple, but Chris doesn't go down. <laughs> Like he's yikes. He is shot in the temple and he gets and he, up and starts attacking him. Oh my God. He's like punching him and screaming at him to get to get out of his house. Virginia runs out the door to the neighbors for help. So they're both shot and um but still living at this They're still time. shot, yeah. But they're both like, hell no. Nah. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point. It, sorry, that was a chair. It's getting around <laughs> California that, that there, there's a dude yeah. doing all this stuff. So I'm sure they're that they're like, like, could you just imagine having this man and you're just like, oh my God, this is him. Like this, this is who everyone's talking to be, about, right? Yeah. So I bet like their adrenaline went to like full honestly rage mode and they're like, this he's not doing it to, to us. Like he's not. Um, so she runs out the door for the neighbors for help. Ramirez is like horrified because um, no one has ever done this to him yeah. yet. So he like runs out the back door um, and the two parents, like I said, like they went into like full like mama papa bear mode. Yeah. Like they're like, because they also had a kid and um, is the was the kid fine? Did he yeah. do anything? Okay, no. okay. She, she was fine because they were like, no, not today. Absolutely sir. not. They're like, yeah. this is not going to happen. Um, so the only reason why they survived because they were shot like in the face, like they were both shot in the face. Ugh. So the bullets he was he was using were so old that a lot of the gunpowder had it lost a lot of its potency. So oh, whenever okay. whenever it would ignite the bullet, it didn't totally go out with like full the like full okay piece. okay and i mean your skull's a pretty she's a hard got a hard, she's a hard gal she's a hard gal and she does the most so <laughs> it didn't penetrate chris's skull and somehow the bullet like went down the back of virginia's throat and like exited in the back of her neck ew, but it like didn't ew. hit her spine Oh my god! So it hit that there, you know that, that like little soft spot. Yeah, like that little soft spot. Yes. I feel like is where it yeah. had to have Ugh. gone through. Because wouldn't it have? <laughs> I feel like any anywhere else would have been your spine, right? Does that makes sense. So it like missed her brain, oh and they both survived. Um, Did they survive like long term ish, or was it just like a few days? Then their bodies were like, oh, that was pretty traumatic for us, huh? And then I mean, as far as I know, they survived the the whole thing, but I'm sure they. Oh, okay. Well, they yeah messed up a little, but. Yeah, so like Ramirez was like working hard for Satan, but like God of the Universe was working harder. Literally. (laughs) 
Literally. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Our God is greater. <laughs> Our God is an awesome God. <laughs> Period. Okay, so now I have a major trigger warning. Okay. So like it was like a trigger warning before. Now it's like, like it's in bold. It's this major trigger you, warning. Okay, okay. So uh, August 8th, uh, 1985, he drove another stolen car to the house of Elias and Sakina Abawath. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm so sorry if I didn't. I'm not, I'm not trying to like be ignorant. I just don't know how to pronounce the thing. Um, So he entered the house and he killed the husband immediately. He handcuffed Sakina while beating her. And he was, of course, yelling at her again to tell him where the valuables were. Um, then he brutally raped, sodomized her, and every time she screamed, he yelled at her to swear to Satan. So she Oh, my wins. God. And um, at one point, this is, like, really, really sad. This is, this is the major trigger warning part. So at one point, their son entered the, the room, and, and he was small. Yeah. And uh, Richard Ramirez, like, found this bottle of baby oil. And he uh, he did sodomize the son, and then he tied him up, um, and then he continued to rape Sakina. Um, after he was done with that, he once again went to the fridge, found a melon, ate it. Yeah, it, it's weird. He's this so man. He's so weird. Like I, it's so disgusting. Like I. <clears throat> He's like committing these like disgusting acts, and then is like, "Oh, this is I'm fine. hungry. I'm just, I need yeah, a I'm snack. just gonna go get a little snacky poo." Yeah, he's as disgusting. if he didn't. Yeah, like, oh my god. Like there has to be like disassociate. What is it called? Disassociate. Disassociating. What is that called? Yeah, disassociating. Disassociating like, behaviors. Like he has to be completely like. Like yeah, well, I mean. Like, he was hanging out with his like disgustingly brutal cousin at the age of 10. Like sips tea. Like the or is it coffee? <laughs> it's not tea, it's diet coke. Ooh, diet coke. Mm. Um, but <laughs> like he like these violent acts have been so normalized for him literally since he was essentially like a fourth or fifth grader. Yep. Like, he, like, never had the chance to know any better. There was no which, hope for him at the beginning. <laughs> no, which, like, th- that doesn't make it, like, better. Like it's No, not, like, I mean, like, yeah. Like, so he did have the choice to identify that killing and raping people is wrong. Yeah, he like, could have been like, wow, maybe I should not listen I'm to sure... Michael. <laughs> also, who just eats a melon? No, that's the other thing. I was like, you're going to get a snack after you brutally myrtle, myrtle, murder and <laughs> murder and assault someone. And you're like, mm, time for a fucking melon. Time for a, time for a melon. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he ate his melon. He untied the sun and then he just left. Yeah, he do just be leaving literally everywhere. So August 18th, 1985, my birthday, not mm. 1985, I'm not that old. Um, not that that's, <laughs> that's not old, but like, anywho, just going to continue. He entered the home. He, oh, wait, oh, 
first of all, back up, back up, back up. So he goes on a little trip. So he's like, I'm going to go on a vacation. Because he's exhausted from all this killing. So tired. He's so, so he, he needs <laughs> he needs a little break. God. He decides to go to San Francisco. Oh my god. <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge. So, Golden Gate Bridge. He should have jumped off of it. Oof. Oh god. So sorry. I couldn't listen. You set me up for that one. <laughs> so on August 18th, 1985, he enters the home of Peter and Barbara Pan. Peter Pan. Peter. <laughs> I hate this. Okay, anyway. Peter losing Wendy. Anyways. <gasps> no! <laughs> actually sad. Okay. So oh, this is a Taylor Swift household. <laughs> we love her, Anyways, but we hate her. Anyway, period. So he shot Peter in the head. Classic. He uh, sexually assaulted Barbara and shot her in the head. Then he found lipstick and he wrote on the wall, Jack the Knife, along with a pentagram. It's from a song, apparently, Jack the Knife. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. It might be from an ACDC song because that was like his band. That's true. That's true. If you're Um, an ACDC fan, please let us know. (laughs) Please let us know. I like ACDC, so it's totally okay. Um, and once again, he left the same shoe print, the same 11 and a half avia shoe. So he like does that. And then I guess he either returns to LA or he's still in San Francisco, but Ramirez was also are a narcissistic, narcissistic asshole. So he was very into like watching the news on himself. Oh my God. So he'd just like sit down with his rotting teeth and his <laughs> bag of bag of chippies and, and a little melon yogurt <laughs> and his little melon and his diet well, was a diet no it was regular and his Pepsi and he'd just like sip sip and be like oh my god look there's me on the TV <laughs> oh, God I hate him yikes and he'd um and then he like saw that the press is like. We found these shoe prints. Um, if you know of anyone with this shoe, please let us know. And he's like, oh, shit. So he I like, buy some new shoes. Like, oh, no. So he like scurries his way to a <laughs> nearby bridge and he throws his shoes over the bridge instead of throwing himself over the bridge, which is what he should have done. Yikes. <laughs> so the shoes are gone. And he like thinks he like outsmarted the, the cops. He's like, I'm so smart. I. I threw my shoes over the bridge. (laughs) He probably sounded exactly like this. I hope so. And I hope (laughs) everyone made fun of him. Um, So August 24th, 1985, he arrives at the home of Bill Carnes and his fiance, Inez Erickson. So he kills Bill immediately. And then he starts to, he then starts attacking Inez. And he literally says to her, you know who who I am, don't you? And he's like, I'm the I'm the one that they call the Night Stalker. Oh my god, that's like horrifying. And then he forced her to say that she loves Satan. He beat her and sodomized her. And as he leaves, he said, "Tell them the Night Stalker was here." And then he just walks away. So he's really doing this for fame now. I think. I mean, something had yeah. 
He's like, wow, I can really make a living off this, huh? Probably with stupid melons. So <laughs> as he was leaving, he like didn't notice that this 13-year-old boy noticed him and was Why like, is he so dumb? Weird. I don't know. He's an idiot. But he's like, so this kid is like outside doing something. He like noticed this weird dude. And he was like, wait, I kind of recognize that that guy. So at this point, they had released a mugshot of Richard. Right. It was totally wrong. It was like a botched mugshot. Oh. But this kid still was like, hmm. A little suspicious. He's like, hmm. He's like, my spidey senses are telling me I should... I should memorize his license plate. Yeah. <laughs> I should memorize this, this kid, license plate. <laughs> this kid wrote down as much of this license plate as he could. Good for um, him. Even though, I know he was smart. No, um, yeah, that's, yeah. But even though Ramirez, he would like leave his stolen cars, all he did cars to like get, get around. So, and then he would like leave them. He wouldn't keep this one oh, same stolen yeah, car. Yeah, I forgot. Um, so he would like leave it so the license plate event it matters but it doesn't it's not like as significant as you think it is right right um but Inez Inez did survive and she was able to go to the police and with the kids help they identified the stolen car and they were able to get some fingerprints and they ran it and it belonged to none other than melon boy (laughs) Richard Ramirez so now we are getting into, they finally they're finally him. like, they're like, wow, we're doing the most. <laughs> we're doing a so, really good job. Yeah. So, I mean, I do, I say this right now. I say that LAPD was kind of into the case, but also kind of not. Considering this that he's still just, going strong. Like he's still just out he's here just killing just like people. walking in and out of houses. He's just climbing through windows and they're like, oh, we're doing our best, but we're not, you know? Well, I'll get to it later. Like, yeah, it's almost like they it wasn't like at the top of their list. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, there was like this composite sketch made of him, but it was like really bad. Like it yeah. looked it was so bad and um just so bad. So you can actually find it on the internet, it's quite funny. Like whoever they hired to do this was not oh, good. No. And I hope that they oh, no. fired him because it was bad. Like oh, I could no. draw it. so now with this fingerprint they had they could actually release an updated mugshot of ramirez since he was already arrested for petty crimes they already had a mugshot and they're like um yeah the night stalker is like running through people's gardens so like can you come get him he's like running down the highway yeah so this mob is like chasing him through la and then 40 police cars and helicopters are like out there trying to like get him. Yeah, yeah. And finally he's like running through this like neighborhood and this dude just like smacks him with a metal bar. And <laughs> and he's like stunned and he falls to the ground and this mob is just like beating him up basically. Good. <laughs> like Good. literally like the community they should get a, like an award literally taking together as a community (laughs) coming together as a community and like and like at one point i read that like two big dudes like even just like stand on him to like keep him down i also read that like this guy was outside grilling hamburgers (laughs) 
and Richard like came like running through his yard and this dude was like what are you doing and he like smacked him with a spatula <laughs> I hope that's, that's real that's like like what else do you like if someone comes like obviously he's looking like is extremely like estranged and like, yeah weird. so obviously i'm gonna fucking smack him with my spatula like, get away from my burgers <laughs> and one of the 40 cop cars finally arrives and they get him and they handcuff him and he's just like i just i just want the chair i did it you know i killed all those people lame <laughs> yeah i know i was like really so they got him uh they recovered the car he was using they matched the bullets inside the car with some of the murders um they also found like all the victims jewelry and so they started his trial and he was known to have drawn a pentagram on his hand during his trial and he would just like say like in quotations i'm not actually saying it for all you little things in my house right now <laughs> He would say like "Hail Satan" as he was like being led back to the like, oh jail. God. Yeah, like he would just be like, <laughs> and he's just a really disgustingly like gross narcissist. And apparently, when victims would like get on the stand and like tell their story, he just like wouldn't react. Like he would just seem really like calm. And then when they obviously had to show the crime scene photos, of right? The ones that they this whenever you're in a trial, they aren't blurred out. Like you see the whole thing. And apparently he would like laugh or like giggle while they oh were like God. on the screen. Like he was like, yeah. like, I don't know how those people like did not just like smack him across the face. Like, that, poof, like that, that's what I would do. Oh my God. You can, I would be such a shit show in that <laughs> courtroom because I would be literally causing a scene. Literally this man's laughing at these disgusting things that he did. Yeah, he's like, oh, I did that. Like, no, this isn't like a painting. This is like a real human whose life you destroyed. Yeah, literally. And then he'd also like turn around at and like stare at the sur- survivors. Like he would just stare at them. Because they, they had to be, be there too. So he was yeah. like, and just like, I just can't imagine that. Yeah, I can't imagine like being in their shoes, like having to look at this man. Having, first of all, had to look at, like, the back of his head, and then, could you, could you imagine sitting there and just see him turn around, just stare at you? Literally. While you're also listening and seeing all of these other horrible things that he could have done to you. So, 50 days um, after doing this trial, um, he was convicted of 67 felonies, including 14 mur- murders, and he was giving 19 death sentences. And then, on his way out of the courthouse, he said... And I quote, big deal. Death always comes with the territory. See you in Disneyland. What does that even mean? He's going I hope to hell it's like, the happiest I hope, place on earth. I hope that hell is like the small world ride with all those crazy Oh my God. Dolls. And you're just and, on it for the rest of life. You can't get off of it. <laughs> you can't get off and you're stuck on that small, small world ride. And they're like, and that's all you hear you know what that honestly Except sounds with flames so- <laughs> and they're like the dolls are melting like in um charlie and the chocolate factory <laughs> and they're like malfunctioning and you literally can't get off it and you're stuck there okay that would be pretty all the other serial killers that would be pretty horrifying <laughs> so in 1996 he like somehow married one of his ad- admirers named doreen he had an admirer okay. <laughs> okay no it's it's like a thing like 
same with like Ted Bundy and like that's fair. Okay, that's true. They that's would true. like because there are more than one fucked up person in this world. That's okay. So I guess they Many would points. all like they would like gravitate together. Okay, but my thing is he's not even cute like it's not like you know what i mean like why would you want he's to not even him? maybe if he like brushed his teeth and like <laughs> washed his hair he would be like kind of semi-presentable but like he's he just looks like a psychopath like i i don't know i know and he is one mm. so anywho so he's like and doreen is like I'm when Ramirez goes, I'm going to kill myself. She didn't. She didn't. (laughs) They just like got separated. Richard Ramirez died on June 7th, 2013 to secondary B cell lymphoma, which basically means that his body could no longer fight off infection and it makes too many B cells, which is just in your notes here. So yeah. it you don't have an immune system like system and you're like pretty much like fucked. So wow. Good. Okay. Um, and he was like suffering from hepatitis C and he was 53 when he finally kicked that bucket. Bang. Bang bang bang. So and I get I guarantee you he did not brush his teeth in jail. So have fun on the Smallville ride. Smallville. <laughs> Smallville. <laughs> Have on the the small world ride. (laughs) So he died. Honestly, I feel like he wanted to to go to hell. So I kind of hope he's just like stuck in limbo. And that's the story of Melon Man, Richard Ramirez. Uh, Yikes. That can be the title of this episode. (laughs) Melon Man. (laughs) AKA Richard Ramirez. That's disgusting. Comments, concerns? I don't really have any questions. I like my, I'm just like so shocked that he just went on for so long, but he was so, like, he did not clean up after himself at all. I feel like like it would have, I feel like he would have gone on longer if he didn't put them so close together. That's true. That's a good point. Because it was like a pretty, like, they take place like over a year, I guess, but like most of them were documented between like March of like 1985 to like August. Right. So it was like pretty fast. It was like four months, five months. So I feel like if he would have spread it out like Ted Bundy did, he would have gone for years. And if he didn't fucking leave evidence. No, literally, I was like, the fact that he- Which I'm glad he did, because he's an idiot, but like- Like the fact, it's just like so, it's so interesting to think about like the like technological advancements of like investigations and like um, crime (laughs) things. Forensics? Yes, yes, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) A forensic, because like that would not- crime things uh because like it like if someone had done that today they would have been in jail within like a week hopefully like if not less time 
like if, I feel like if they left witnesses, if you left that many witnesses, then then yes, I feel yeah, like. like so many witnesses, a shoe print, like a hat with DNA a, on it. No, yeah, like this man would have been caught immediately. But okay. this man, but yeah, that's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I'm not shocked. I'm very fascinated at the fact that he was staying in the Cecil Hotel because, no, yeah, because that, I feel like that also, like, if you like to play into the, like, haunted um, properties of the Cecil Hotel and also, like, (laughs) also his Satanism. um, Oh, my God. Like, like you don't know what he was doing in there no yeah like who know what did he do in the cecil hotel and also like and he was he there just... for like a, a a period of time it wasn't like a one night thing it was like he was there for like a significant amount of time because it was yeah so yeah and like people like was it him that like they were talking about like this guy would just like come back completely covered in blood and they would just like be like okay like they would see him and they'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah he's I here. Think, I think it was him, but it was also like multiple people. Like I'll do, yeah. So, yeah. So I was like the Cecil hotel obviously didn't have, like he also could have been caught faster if people there gave a crap, which obviously they didn't. Oh my God. You're right. You know what I mean? I really didn't even think about that. Like they just think like, they were like, oh, he's back again from a night of killing. Like, oh, look at this man with all the blood on him. Oh, he had, must've yeah. had fun. Yeah, no. And then also back to the um how you commented that like the LA police department was like working on the case, but like not really working on the case. My first thought was I was like, well, even though like these are pretty like vile and disgusting, there were probably like worse things happening that they had to focus on in that area. Probably. Like, I mean, there's a lot of gangs. You have a lot of homeless people. You have a lot of drugs. You have a lot of that kind of thing, which like I feel like sometimes police officers, like it would suck to be a police officer because I feel like no matter what you do, it's never good enough. Yeah, because like how could like you have to prioritize something, and even though they're all horrible. Like especially at that time where like DNA wasn't really prevalent. Like you didn't have a lot of. The techn- it was like just coming out like DNA yeah. that kind of thing was like just coming out so like if you don't have evidence what are you gonna do you know what I mean so like I'm not like advocating for them but I'm not advocating against them because I'm not a police officer I don't know what what it's like to be a police officer no yeah like, so like but like lack of evidence is lack of evidence like there's nothing you can do about it exactly like great we have a shoe print but also like how but many like other people so have many, this shoe? Yeah, have yeah. this shoe. And it's like, they don't have enough time to go through and like, <laughs> just like research every shoe because obviously they're going to be shipped out. So like, we're going to call yeah. some dude in like Vermont and be like, hey, what size shoe are you? Like, no, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's a good point. So it's just, it's just very, it's very interesting to think about like how like the difference in forensics Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and just like the fact that this was in like he this was the area like in LA surrounding the Cecil Hotel and like all of the garbage that goes into that like I can't wait so so excited like that's a great segue so (laughs) 
Is that one so next? Gonna, yeah. So we're going to hang out in yes. California for like another day. Sick. And I am going to do the Cecil. Um, I already did most of it. And I am a big paranormal fan. I grew up in a haunted house. I, all that fun stuff. And I'm also a big fan of the show Ghost Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> I have been since like they first came out in like 07. And they did the Cecil. They got to investigate it. And I've watched it twice. Um, Troy has not seen it yet, but he I have, will Yeah, I need sure. to watch it. I need to watch it. He's going to watch it and he's going to love it. No, I, and, I am very... And we're also going to watch the Lisa Lam again. Yes, but I'm very invested. The Cecil Hotel is so like horrifying, but also so cool and like interesting, but yeah, also disgusting. It's, like it's just, it's so... It's so bizarre, which is why I'm so fascinated by it. <laughs> no, I am too. I've never heard of a singular place that dark things continuously happen and like yeah. don't stop. And like nothing is being done. Like no matter what is try, <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> people. You know what? I literally can't even form a sentence right now. No matter what people try to do to stop He's just it, too excited. He can't even I'm like, just, I can't so excited <laughs> to like, like stay in the Cecil. Could you imagine? Oh my God. No, actually. Mm. She said, mm, <laughs> let's plan a trip. Uh, <laughs> but that'll be next time. So that's going to be our little, we're going to call them detours because it just makes the most sense in my head to call them detours. <laughs> Taking a little pit stop in Cali. Taking a little pit stop in on Skid Row. <laughs> Ooh, Skid Row. Which is rough. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We hope you finished all your snacks. Make little sure donkey. to put the car. Ooh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Make sure to put the car in park and turn off your keys. Turn off turn your off keys, your honeys. <laughs> turn off the car. <laughs> And we will see you next time on Murder Road Trip. That should be the theme song. <laughs> Just us. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>